because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. It's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Hey, Brent Porcier here with another Baseball Ops podcast. Super excited today. We're actually down here in just outside San Diego, San Marcos, where we're opening a, a new top velocity. It's going to be Diamond Champ, Ben Cortez's. Opening it up, and it's going to be powered by Top Velocity, so we're going to have all the Top Velocity methods in here. And we're going to have uh, Francisco, it's Gonzalez, right, last name? Yes. So Francisco, he's going to be running in. He's been at Top Velocity for a while, working with us, as he's also been recovering from shoulder surgery. We'll talk a little bit about that with him. But excited to have him on today because he's been really helping the Top Velocity methods get out to the Latin community. Been doing a great job with a lot of the new videos. If you haven't seen them already, it's at Top Velocity, also at Top Velocity Latino. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. He's done a great job uh, tr- bringing and translating all the, the methods and, and uh, the teaching over to the Latin community. So glad uh, Francisco's here. He's, he's in his place where he's going to be running Top Velocity, and um, I'm just excited to be here. So why don't you tell him about yourself? Tell him how old you are. How you got here, why, how you found Top Velocity, and what are you doing in your career? Okay, well, first, like, hello to everybody who is listening to this. Uh, I'm 27 years old. I, I found Top Velocity probably seven years ago. And I always thought I was a great, like, system to work as an athlete. But then I had the opportunity to come with them in a really bad moment because I got surgery on my shoulder. I have labor and tear. We were tear cough, so <coughs> excuse me, sorry. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I I found Brand and he been helping me a lot with this process of uh, rehab. And honestly, if it's not been for this program, I probably won't trying to be back on baseball again. So, and you've played all over. You've played um, obviously from Venezuela. You. How how many years did you play in Venezuela? Uh, I played baseball since I was five years old. Uh, in the age of 19, I moved to Spain. I played in Spain. I played in Germany, Italy, England, Netherlands. Uh, also in, in Guatemala, college here in, in the United States. In uh, Arizona, right? In Arizona, yeah. Well, awesome. So, in, in the surgery is you had a labrum tear yeah. and then you had a rotator cuff tear. Yeah. And so, it's a pretty nasty surgery. So, tell them what it's been like in using top velocity as a recovery from that surgery. Uh, it's been helpful more in like getting strong. Uh, when you become more strong, it gives you confidence to perform and not be afraid like, oh, what if I throw these and it's gonna hurt? And all because I've been like lifting heavy over my head. And after that surgery, when I was in the first month, I was like, I would never lift again in my life because I didn't have the mobility or range of motion to do back squat. I couldn't hold the, the, the bar. 
And now I'm able like to do 150 pounds over my head in, in a split jerk. It's just amazing. I mean, I, my arm is feeling great. I'm yeah, seeing because some progress. A lot, and, and it's very much in contrast to how what you were going through coming out of surgery, like a lot of people were telling you to kind of do the opposite, right? Yeah. Yeah, they were like, uh, don't go to the gym yet because you will get hurt uh, and you don't want that. You want to take it slow in the recovery, do a lot of stretch, and the weight can't wait. And then when I got to top B, it was like, okay, this is the weight room. Get Let's get strong. Just get healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, but all these people telling me not that to do it. Not to do it. These guys telling me so. I, Even I, too, like I, the, the the. I think the thing that's a real miss. Uh, it, it's it's not a good way to really come back from surgery is ass assessing your recovery based on a linear progression of throwing, meaning like. You know they'll they'll put you through a basic rehab, very little loading of weight. Then they go, okay, we think you're good there. Like you've gotten to a, a general level of strength, right? Compared to what yeah. uh, you know, a sixty-year-old man. I don't know. And then they're like, start throwing. Let's start at fifteen feet, and then you know you build it up. And then they're, oh, you're good. Like, just talk about how like, you know not just diving into, oh, I just got to ramp up all these throws to be now quote unquote healthy. No, like with Todd Vlasic, no, I got to learn better mechanics. I got to make sure my legs are working. I got to make sure I know how to now sequence the kinetic chain well before I get into a linear progression of, of throwing and ramp up for competition again, right? Yeah, because I mean, it doesn't make sense for me if in certain weeks you need to be throwing a distance uh, when you don't feel good doing that, yeah. you know, it's like forcing you yourself to get hurt again. Uh, if it wasn't for my doctor, he told me in December I would be throwing 100% bullpens already. And we are in July, uh, no, August. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not able to do that yet because I don't feel strong enough. Right, even but, when I've been right. working out. Because when you, you, I mean, you, congratulations, you've been up to 80 recently, yeah. right? But before that, when you would push it, your shoulder would immediately be like, nope. Yeah, exactly, and, and and that get you to frustration, and then there is a point that you want to quit, you don't want to work hard anymore because, say, if, if this value for me, keep working hard and my shoulder doesn't feel great, it's because you are not working in the right direction. That is why top B, like, teach me, like, I'm working the right direction because I feel every day is, is something, I'm getting better, even if it's not throwing, like, lifting more weight, like getting my squat down, getting more mobile on my arm, and then all that small things is showing my throws. Like, oh, it's getting better in my throws now because I'm getting better on this, on this, on this, on this, and not only in my arm. I'm focused on all my body. Yeah, and, and constantly assessing how everything feels. Like, because if it does feel too stressful, it's not something right after surgery or even a year after surgery where you should be like, oh, just ignore it. That should be, you should consider that that's um, a caution that you're probably progressing too quickly. So it's good to have that time. I think, you know, I've worked with a lot of guys, even at the major league level, that have had these type of injuries. And I had one guy in particular, not gonna use his name, but he came to me after Tommy John, and he was a big leaguer, and he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a two year recovery, as opposed to everybody else, like a year and a half. And 
and, and it worked great for him. He came back, his elbow was healthy. Um, two or a year or two years later, he uh, fell back into kind of, once he felt good, he just went back into his old self, and then all of a sudden he has thoracic outlet. Because that, that's the problem here. It's like, great, he did a good job. He took an, um, even more time to make sure he was ready. But the problem was is once he felt like he got back and healthy, he didn't try to completely address the problems that were causing the arm to break down in the first place. In the first place, it led to Tommy John. Well, kind of that's the weakest joint. Well, Tommy John went. What's the next joint? You know the the acromion, like the up in the shoulder, like the that the the whole issue with thoracic outlet, which is really pretty much into the shoulder stability. That was then the next one to break. So he that's the problem is if you rush it, you might not even adequately recover well enough from the first injury, and then you definitely might not be in a great position to overcome what puts you in the injury in the first place. And then now another injury shows up. So it's it you really need to make sure when you're coming back like this that. You're not rushing it. You're listening in your body. You're in a system that's not just ramping you up from surgery back to, I don't, you know, yeah. throwing volume. You need to be in something that's going addressing everything. How well is your kinetic chain working? Are your legs back under you? How well are you sequencing? And how well are things? How well are you really throwing the ball as far as not putting a lot of arm on it? Because if in that process you find out, wow, my my hips are really tight. Or my trunk and hip to shoulder is really tight. I, I can't yeah. separate. That should tell you, man, I might start to feel better from this surgery, but I might fall right back into arm problems like I had, which got me here. So I think that's why when you come back from such a major injury, you've got to make sure you're in a method that is not only building you up from the injury, but also making sure you're prepared to not go down the same path again. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been fun because, like, during my injury, in, in the process of, of the rehab, if I didn't, like, create too much separation with my shoulder and my hips, I feel more pain in, 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 my, yeah. in, in my shoulder. So I say, why I feel that pain? I checked the video, and it was because my heat didn't go through, and I used more my arm and, and my trunk. And it was like, okay, this has something to do. So I start working more my hip, my, my mobility on my hip, and... Now I feel more work in my hips and my legs and my arm is just like let it go the ball and my yeah. pain is just nothing. It's just this comfort of those little muscles still weak that I need to keep working because. Yeah, and, and that's the kinetic chain. That's the power of the kinetic chain. Like Kibler and Chandler study said that a 20% decrease in the energy coming up through your hips and trunk to the arm requires a 34% increase in the rotational velocity of the shoulder to put the same force to the ball. So. If I lose the kinetic energy by 20% coming up, I got to overcompensate by 34% just to put the same force in the ball. So that's why every time you don't separate well, you feel all the stress. And if you want to understand that and how it's doing that is what happens is when you're not building the linear energy, which most of it comes in how your body moves and you move from your legs. So if your body starts moving down the mound, moving towards the target, you're building linear energy. Well, if you do that really well, your upper body doesn't have to go and create it because it's there. It just transfers it. But if you don't do that well, then your upper body's got to create energy. And it typically creates energy in rotation. And what happens is it starts pulling the glove and you start swinging the trunk around as fast as you can. The problem is when you create a lot of energy in rotation like that, it goes so quickly, your arm, which is like a, you know, a flap, flapping out in the wind, gets caught dragging around. And that's when all the torques go through the roof. And if 
ultimately that's what injured your arm in the first place. Second, if you if you're coming back such a bad surgery, there's your your arm's gonna feel it immediately. It's gonna be like nope, nope, I don't yeah. want that anymore. Yeah, my body's like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> you want to hear me? Yeah, exactly. So I I think that is huge. Like fix your mechanic if you want to get back healthy and don't get back to like to the previous surgery or whatever. Just having a good mechanic give you healthy like pitching uh, when i see my videos from the past I, I was like oh my god i was using all my trunk i was using uh, just my quad and now that i've been with toby that i know those points that i was doing wrong now I, I can fix myself i don't need like a coach telling me like hey you are not doing this you are not doing this i just with my phone check okay this 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 is wrong i need to fix it so that is what Toby be teaching me yeah. this whole time. Right? And that's game-changing because how many players in the game are out there struggling to throw strikes, struggling to throw healthy, struggling to throw hard, and they don't know what to do. They don't even know where to start. How Ton many? Tons of them. It's the whole game. Yeah. yeah. So to be able to top velocity, for us to be able to give people that gift of, hey, just learn this, and you'll be able to assess your problems and fix per location, fix velocity fix health you just have to stick to the methods like that's a gift i think yeah and and and, and that's what put me in the position like to try to take all this to the latin american culture because in 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 the way that we work and there is it's totally different they they do what they see in the big leagues what the big leagues does they try to follow because it's working for them so they think they're gonna work for the guys and it's, it's, it's really sad how these players put their life, their future, and these coaches that they don't know what they are doing. You know, they are putting their life, their future. It's, they quit the school to start training, and it's sad. I mean, th that is the way that I see it. So what's the response been like with your videos translating it into Spanish and getting it out to the Latin community? What's, what do you think the response has been like for you? I mean, for me, honestly, it's been like 90% positive. Because I think they needed this. It seems way more positive than the American response that I get. Why do you think? I mean, because I don't know to say with good words, but they they probably think that being baseball for too many years, they know everything, which is not like top B. It like teach you by basis on science. It doesn't teach you because the experience of brain Persia. No. Yeah. It, you because Brent Porsche study all the study that shows that this is wrong, this is bad for you, and he tried to give you the information. Yeah. So I think that is the part that is missing. There is no. And they, you think the Latin community understands that maybe? Yeah, because they they know that they've been in a process like probably they doing the drill for 60 years, and baseball is always like evolution, evolution, evolution. Why we don't like get new drills? will help you better um, there is nobody who say that to the coach because they think that they know everything well because unfortunately they're in a position where they have to act like they know everything because they're the mentor right so the, the the mentor you feel like if you're playing the role of the mentor you better know everything if not how are you the mentor yeah there, there is a guy let me just read this really quick he just sent me a dm with a program that one guy told him to follow and I just laughed. <laughs> I was like, why are you laughing? I said, man, are you going to like a marathon in Boston or something like that? <laughs> it was why, because this guy told me that he 
Mayhem Brown. Let me just read it that I have in here. Okay, on Monday he does 40 minutes of jogging. 40 minutes before start practice. Then he does 20 sprints, 150 push-ups, and then like 180 long tough baseball. And then on, on Tuesday he do 30 minutes of run, just jogging, another 10 sprint, and uh, a thousand uh, apps, <laughs> reps uh, of re apps. core, yeah. Yeah, core. And then again, a hundred feet of throwing, and that consistently. So the problem with that is there's too much volume. Volume meaning there's too many reps. And at the end of the day, the game is not like it used to be. The, I mean, look at the starters today in the big leagues. They're barely throwing five innings. You know, with Wilmer, just yeah. talking about like with Wilmer's career, they as a starter, they, he's gone and only thrown three innings as a starter, yeah. right? So the, the innings are shortening, and that's why these guys are able to throw harder because they're, they're when they when the guys threw nine innings, they were more aerobic athletes. They were more like high reps. I mean, what are they throwing? One hundred and twenty pitches, you know? Yeah. So they that was a higher rep demand in their performance. We don't have that anymore. Now it's like sixty pitches for a starter, twenty pitches for a relief pitcher. So now these guys can throw with more bursts of energy, right? And that's the velocity aspect of it. So if you're doing something where you're running that much and you're throwing that much uh, as well and you're in your even push-ups that much volume, which I'm a little probably more in that kind of volume maybe with a push-up, but not so much in the throwing volume yeah. and the running time because the, the, I do want a lot of endurance in the upper body because that's a lot of the wear and tear is, is, in, is in the capacity to have strength for you know, 20 to 60 throws, but to, to do like the total body run like for 40 minutes. And then even though I like the sprints, but then it's like the next day he's running again, uh, low intensity, the body's going to be forced to remodel. And what does that mean? That means that the, that's a lot of stress on the body. So the body's going to want to change to that stress. So it's, how is it going to want to change? it's gonna drop weight. Why does it wanna drop weight? Because it doesn't wanna sit around and run every day, or not sit around, it doesn't wanna run every day and carry weight with it. Because if it got skinnier, those runs would be easier. And your body's always trying to find the easy way out. Yeah. So what happens is that that is gonna make him lose fast switch muscle fiber, lean up, it brings his testosterone down. And when you lose all that lean muscle fiber, your velocity's gonna go down. So it's, it's way too much volume. You, you've gotta get less volume in there and more intensity. So it's like, that's what you got to ask yourself. Like when you're jogging every step, how much intensity are you putting in every step? You're jogging. It's not much. Yeah. Well, that's important because when you get on the mound, how much intensity you put in every throw? Well, that's going to affect your performance level. And if your body's conditioned to do low levels of intensity, because that's what it requires from all your jogging, that's why it's going to affect your velocity. So that's why we would rather you in the weight room. Yeah, do your sprints, but we'd rather you instead of those long runs be in the weight room doing cleans at you know four or six to two reps because now with we can put the weight on and the weight creates our moves our intensities up and now we're and then too we can we could do some volume there we can have those volume weeks where we're like 30 reps yeah. but we did them at high intensity so now when we get on the mound and we tell our body hey i want some high intensity it goes well, I've been cleaning 265 for six reps. I can give you some high intensity. Yeah, it's true. Well, he was telling me that he was tired, that he didn't want to work out 
after that run, I was like, of course you don't want to. It's like, you burned all your energy. Yeah, you're preparing to run in a marathon. Well, that's the thing is you only get so much energy in the day. So you have to be very strategic where you put it. Like the order of how we train is very important. I want them to throw before they lift. Why? Because if they're exhausted when they're throwing, now the timing's off. Now we're training bad timing. I would rather them have all the energy in their throwing so the timing's on and then let the weight room use whatever energy's left. Ideally, I'd like them to throw, go eat, take a nap, and then come back and lift with a little more energy. Because energy's key. And, and how you use your energy is key. And the problem is I tell people there's, a miscon there, there's an illusion that energy means you've, it, because you've burnt your energy, you've done a lot of work or you've done productive work. You know, people go out and run for, for 40 minutes and then come back and do those sprints and then go throw 200 throws and they're exhausted and their mind wants to go, man, that was productive. Yeah. Just because you burned energy doesn't mean it's productive. It can actually, actually be very unproductive because it didn't improve your ability to increase your intensities. And that's just as important in baseball as your intensity as well as your endurance. But everybody, specifically in the old school, wants to improve your endurance and not your yeah. intensity. And what happens is, yeah, you're a competitor that can be up there every day, all day, but your intensity's down and therefore you don't perform well. Yeah, that is one thing that People used to tell me, like, no, but how you can pitch for seven innings, six innings if you don't run? I say, yeah, but you run slow. You pitch fast. Yeah, so right. if you want to pitch 100 pitches or seven innings, okay, start doing 120 sprints. Or, 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 right. You know. well, at the end of the day, what is endurance? Endurance is, is time over yeah. time, right? So what's the difference between you running for an hour or lifting for an hour? What's the difference? There's not different because you're putting – intensity your on body could even more in yeah right running. yeah of course too you could sit on yeah. screwing on the weight room we're talking about you know productive in the weight yeah. room but you're right there's a good chance you're more exhausted from the weight room and your intensity levels were higher your volume was down but your intensity was high yeah that, that's what people don't understand i have a friend in professional baseball uh he told me like bro all the time that i get in like the fifth inning my my speed start going down and I, I feel with no energy. I say okay, why and what they tell you? I say no, they made me to run like polos to get more strong and more energy to pitch those in. I say no, I mean that is why you are not having that energy to go far well, because you are. There's a study on that. So the studies that one of the studies showed that, or many of them showed that, specifically there's one for baseball players. When you do in type of endurance training, long distance running, it actually decreases power production. It reduces velocity. But if you took an endurance runner, like if you took a cross-country runner and you had him lift, it didn't hurt his endurance. It actually improved it. So actually, intensity training improves endurance. But endurance training hurts intensity. So the point is, is like, it, the worst thing you can do is take endurance running or slow interval training and put it into a power sport. It's the worst thing you can do. You can take power training, lifting, plyometrics, and you can put that in, into endurance sports, and it does great, but it doesn't work the other round. So that's the okay. worst thing you can do, and there's studies that show it because it's deteriorating your power production. It's almost like the body's saying, if you want a lot of endurance out of me, you know, like long periods of time in low intervals, I'm going to have to destroy a lot of your lean mass and your explosive power, your intensities to do it. But then the body's standing the other way around. 
if if I'm already an endurance runner, if I'm already good at low intervals going for long periods of time, if you want to throw some intensity training on me, some heavy load weightlifting on me, it actually won't hurt my endurance. So as much. So the, the point is, is like, I think it's an illusion. Like it seems compatible. And I think that's the problem. People don't understand that there's training that's incompatible. There's two exercises that actually can negate each other or hurt each other. Meaning the benefits of one, when you apply it to the other one, it actually hurts the benefit of the other one. And I think that's well, all communities yeah. confuse that. But yeah. I think, I mean, you're seeing that in the Latin community, right? You're seeing guys don't really understand, well, how does, is this exercise going to hurt this skill? And, or is the, these exercises that I'm doing to help this skill, these exercises over here are going to hurt the benefits of those exercises? That's the problem. They don't know that, right? Yeah, there's one say from, from the Latin America. They say, like, try to move your arm as fast as you can. Uh, I, I think the right way to say that is, like, try to move your hips as fast as you can. Your kinetic chain. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it can't be the arm because then you're going to the end of the chain. You're just, yeah. I always say it's like the whip. The whip's the whole body. You want to grab the handle and you want to use your arms and you want to drive the handle and then you want to counter the end of the whip and get that going as fast as you can. By you saying move the arm as fast as you can, it's like grabbing the end of the whip and just flapping the end of the whip. Yeah, exactly. So You've got to build it up. That's correct. What do you, what do you think to... like? Let's just real quick go over some of the old school things that you think are in the Latin communities that you think top velocity can help um, bring to light and, and give better alternatives, which will then give them a better mindset of how this works. Like towel drills was like, yeah, one that's that, I mean, that was a big one. Like you can see in the social media have like one point, almost five million views. And, and you say like, well, it's because everybody uses it because they say, teach you how to move fast. You are and get like the, the release point in the front. But I don't know what pitcher throw it like really in the front because yeah. i mean their release point is not right there yeah i mean tell them because we have a study and that that's what we do like we said yeah, we try to exactly. show them a study so tell them what the study said i mean the study say like the only way that this drill can be effective is if you take every pitcher and check their release point and you need to hit that spot with a towel that is the only way that this drill can be effective and also you need to like build the energy from your legs because what we do in this drill is we use only the trunk going forward, losing the power from your legs and teaching bad habits. So you said the med ball drills would be a better alternative. Yeah, I mean with the top B drill and, and with the med balls, uh, I I check on video a slow motion and literally it's the same as throwing a baseball. There is no difference. So. And, and then if they don't have a med ball because they they're expensive and we use this two pound med balls, they're kind of specific. I say a basketball. What do you think in the Latin community they could find a ball-wise that would serve the purpose of, of throwing like a med ball like we do? I mean, is a basketball hard to find? It could be a basketball or, or soccer or, ball or, or, or soccer ball. Those are everywhere. So yeah, and they are cheaper than a med ball. Yeah, and they're a little bit too light. I mean, I like I like two pounds, but if that's all you have, use the soccer ball. Better than a towel. Wouldn't a soccer ball be better than a towel? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. But I think that's the thing. I mean, in all communities, we, we want to find something that's affordable. We don't want to tell them, here's the alternative, but you can never afford it. Yeah, and, and this is something important. We are not trying like to like, t 
take the job of any coaches like teaching those drills. We we try to help the athletes like to do things that is gonna help him to get into the next level. That's what we want. And we're most important, keep him healthy. Yeah. One more. Let's give him one more. Like we did the um, um, what was another popular drill that very common. Well, I mean I don't. I guess long tossing. We talked about long tossing. Yeah. Did you do one on long tossing? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. did one long toss. And a lot of professional teachers were telling me, no, that is what I do before my games, and that is what yeah. made me throw harder. But, but we, uh, we really say more extreme long tossing, not just throwing long, but trying to throw it extreme, right? Yeah, what I was saying is like go to a distance where you don't change your mechanics when you're pitching. Because if you're start like, I don't know if you as a pitcher or athlete, when you go long top and then when you go to the mound straight from long top, you don't have control. Yeah. It's like all over the place. your release points are different. Exactly, because you are changing the release point every time that you go far. So I, I, I was trying to say, like, go to a distance where you don't change that. And, and work, build your intensities from there. Yeah. And I use the analogy of hitters. Like, why do hitters typically that go in major league hitters, they go to the all-star game or they go to the home run derby. It's like common. They all have bad second halves of their season after doing well or playing in the home run derby. It's because that's a different swing. That's a different swing. So now they're changing their swing for that competition yeah. because it's a home run swing. And then they go back to the second half of the season, and most of them struggle. So it's like, of course, people are going to say, well, I know pitchers who can do it. That's great. Those are called outliers. But on average, the studies show that it puts more stress on their arm than they would experience on the mound. It changes their mechanics to where the mechanics they're using in extreme distance is not the mechanics they use on the mound. And what I typically find is that it, it's, it's hard for guys to basically sync back up to the good mechanics or the, the mound mechanics that they would they use in the outfield, kind of like the hitter having a hard time after a home run derby trying to readjust back to his game swing. Yeah, and also you put a lot of stress trying to go farther. You, you try to move your arm quick, you are more quick, and you probably get into the position that you're pitching, you don't reach to those positions, you can get hurt too. So. All right, so we're going to do another podcast again, but that was a good one. Um, tell them how they can reach out to you. Of course, he's here uh, running the facility and just outside of San Diego and San Marcos, but how can they reach out to you? Yeah, here in San Marco, we have a champion, uh, sorry, Diamond, Diamond Champion, champion SD. That is the Instagram. We have also, well, I do have the Top B Latino, well, all those people who speak Spanish, but toda esa gente que habla español. Also with Top B, Top Velocity is the main like Instagram for us. Uh, you can reach. Yeah, either there. way. Perfect. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, hopefully we'll do another one. I'd say definitely get on Top B Latino or Top Velocity on Instagram, all the social media, and watch what... Um, Francisco has been doing a lot of cool stuff specifically for the Latin community. And we'll see you on the next episode.